IMF stance on personal income tax, Senegal's economic expansion, and an in-depth look at what the East African community gains from DRC's entry. This and more in this episode. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your Pulse and Everything Business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial. The Democratic Republic of Congo officially joined the East African community on Tuesday in a bid to boost its trade, social cohesion and security. The DRC is the largest and most populous country to join the EAC, immediately upgrading the region's GDP from $193 billion to $240 billion. Jason Rosario Baganza, the Executive Director, African Forum and Network on Debt and Development, joins us for this episode. What does the Democratic Republic of Congo bring to the East African community? Well, immediately it brings 90 million people into the East African community. And this automatically or immediately takes the population of the entire East African community to close to 300 million people. And this is quite comparable if you look at the ECOWAS and the SADC regional economic communities. And so there is a huge Um, economic and and population impact that the DRC is bringing just by way of market um, and market access for businesses within the the regional economic community of the East African community. And whilst this will take time to harness and exploit the full potential, a ready market at least is already proven in terms of um, access to goods and services within the system. The second thing that the Um, DRC brings to the East African community is that of its natural resources and and minerals. This is something that is going to be of great benefit and of great use to the East African community as as we deepen the original economic um, integration process. This is not just in terms of finance, politics, but also in terms of economics. When you look at the economic integration pillars around trade, manufacturing, industrialization, I think the this is a huge opportunity for the East African community to move higher up the supply and value chain um, in terms of bringing the local, bringing manufacturing um, back into the region instead of exporting it out of the continent to um, other parts of the world, for example, in the Far East and so on. And a good example of this is in terms of how in the Republic of Rwanda, we've got um, economic zones or processing zones that are actually doing assembly and light manufacturing. And so these raw materials from the DRC can actually be utilized and enhanced and and, uh, moved higher up the value chain in terms of finished products that can then contribute to the assembly line within the East African community. And this will in no doubt add a huge amount of value in terms of the, the domestic product, in terms of the economic activity that is taking place within the region and, and move the entire economic block higher up in terms of the dollar value that it is um, producing. Um, the third point in terms of what DRC brings to the East African community is a stronger, deeper political uh, unity um, that, that connects um, and makes the, the block a lot bigger and a lot more um, politically powerful in terms of the signaling that it's giving to the rest of the world. 
um, in terms of negotiating economic agreements, trade agreements, investment agreements. I think this is something that the, the region will certainly benefit from in terms of having close to 300 million as a market, um, having seven countries to negotiate as a block. I think this is quite good in those terms. And I think also the opportunity to negotiate as, as, as a, a, a bigger block um, benefits the region. And the final point, of course, is connecting the Indian Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean in terms of uh, investment in, in infrastructure. This is a huge opportunity that the DRC brings, and it is something that we need to take full advantage of. And, and it does offer a huge opportunity to um, further enhance the central and northern corridors in terms of infrastructure development that is already taking place within the East African community. Known for its minerals, that is holding 60% of the world's coltan with abundant reserves of copper, diamond and tin. DRC has one of the biggest mineral caches worldwide. How can ESC prime itself to benefit from these mineral resources? The ESC has already primed itself uh, to benefit from uh, the mineral resources that are, uh, that are present and, and found in, in, the, in the DRC. I do think there's an opportunity, a real opportunity for us to establish regional uh, manufacturing, um, regional uh, value chains, regional, regional uh, production chains as well, and actually create regional industries, um, whether it is agriculture, whether it is energy, whether it is mining, whether it is tel- uh, technology or light manufacturing and industry. I do think with the, with the accession of DRC into the East African community as a regional bloc, we are really primed to have um, huge opportunities to take advantage of. Recall, we do have regional strategies on trade, on industrialization, on investment, on manufacturing, on energy. And so we do have a huge opportunity there. We also have opportunities with regard to, you know, on the social side, there is going to be free movement of people now across seven countries. Uh, without the need of visas, without the need of um, uh, uh, costly um, visas that that, peop- that the D- uh, citizens of DRC have had to pay. And so this is something that we must also look at uh, positively for, for those who want to come uh, eastwards towards Kenya, Uganda, South Sudan, Tanzania, but also those who want to go westwards into the DRC from uh, the, the other six partner states. So there's a huge opportunity there, both economically, politically, but also socially, to deepen the integration of the East African community that is both social, political and economic as envisaged within the East African Community Treaty. That was Jason Rosario Baganza, Executive Director, African Forum and Network on Debt and Development. And a quick look at the other stories making it into the podcast. The economy of Senegal advanced by 7.1% from a year earlier in the fourth quarter of 2021, following a 10.6% expansion in the previous period. Output grew at a slower pace in both the secondary and tertiary sectors. Additionally, primary activities shrank. On a seasonally adjusted quarterly basis, the GDP rose 2.1%. Considering the full year of 2021, the GDP grew 6%, accelerating from a 1.3% expansion in 2020. 
South Africa's private sector credit grew by 3.62% year-on-year in February of 2022 after a marginally revised 3.1% gain a month earlier and compared with market forecasts of 3.27%. This marked the eighth straight month of increase in private sector credit and the strongest rise since August of 2020. In the meantime, expansion in the broadly defined M3 measure of money supply expanded 6.4% in February, compared with a 5.6% increase in January. Now, Ghana's belt-tightening measures to reach its budget deficit target are fueling the longest bond rally in two months. The yield on the nation's $1 billion bonds maturing in 2026 declined for the sixth consecutive day as President Nana Akufo-Addo reiterated the government's commitment to get the economy back on track. The president's address came a day after lawmakers approved a tax on electronic payments, a key piece of legislation needed by the government to grow revenue and narrow the fiscal deficit this year. The passage of the e-levy builds on other steps the West African country has taken in response to a sell-off of its foreign currency debt triggered by investor concern about the credibility of its fiscal targets. These include a decision to cut government spending by 30% to meet a budget deficit goal of 7.4% of gross domestic product this year from an estimated 12.1% in 2021. The International Monetary Fund has urged Nigeria and other developing economies to raise significant amounts of revenue from personal income tax. According to the IMF, the tax levied on wages, salaries and other income is a suitable instrument for revenue generation in developing countries where many earn a living at low incomes. The Washington-based lender added that the PIT, the personal income tax, is a suitable instrument for countries aiming to achieve a durable economic recovery from the pandemic. In addition to bringing in revenue, the IMF says the tax is progressive, imposing steeper rates on those with a higher income and reducing inequality measurably. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. And if you have suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial.